Ladies and gentlemen, okay, welcome Rick, in. Rick, remember oh. to um, read the ad, the, the boner pill ad. The boner pill. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't want to do that. But uh, before we start tonight's podcast, we need to let you know, uh, you know, I'm not doing the blue chew thing. I'm just not going to do the chew blue. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, we want to let you know about In the Cunt. It's a new fantasy basketball podcast. We've got Mr. Uh, uh, Ryan and I never Valencia, Mr. Valencia. And it's also John Finch. It's two gentlemen. that are going to be on there talking about basketball, uh, all sorts of things. Uh, they have a good relationship and perhaps even maybe you would say a kinship. Uh, and I do desire you know, perhaps a men's movie night with those boys. It's called in the cunt fantasy basketball podcast right here. Well, not right here, but that that's another podcast. You no, we, we're, not, we're not going to be okay. Just introduce the the gentleman. Um, start with Eric Albright. He is um, this year. He um, finished first in his main event, twentieth overall, and third in the other main. Um, you can start with that, Rick. Okay, we've got Gray Gray Owls right. Uh, he is from Rasball. Uh, he will be here tonight. He won a leg. Uh, so we've got him here. I, I know he's into the woke stuff. I don't know how we're going to gel, uh, but we'll talk to him. And who else do we have? Uh, well, no, that's not that's not all. Um, he finished third in the in the contract league. And yeah, no, I am producing the show tonight and I was in that league with him. He won two weeks as well and finished third. Um, and then um, second and 21st overall in best ball. Three cut line top 13 finishes. Uh, and uh, yeah. You can. Did you remember? Did you remember any of that? No. Nope. Yeah. Well, Eric's been on the show before on the previous uh, show. I know it's uh, different now. Now it's your show, but um, yeah. So uh, ask him how he's doing, and and then we're going to get on to our second guest. Okay, uh, glad to have you back, Zach. I didn't like that other producer guy, but uh, so Mr. All Mr. Albrecht, how are you this evening? Doing wonderful. How are you, gentlemen? I'm good as well. We're going to get into a lot of good stuff with you tonight. I'm glad glad to have you here. Uh, who else do we have, Zach? We have uh, Thomas Alonia. He was the 2021 overall draft champions winner. Okay, we've got uh, Thomas Alonia. And uh, Mr. Alonia, tell me a little bit about your life. Uh, what's going on with you? We're, we're happy to have you on the program this evening. Rick, just got to say, um, thrilled to be here with you. Uh, you know, as Zach knows, I think you wanted to best in the business so uh yeah cool. just absolutely uh happy to be here i yeah, definitely appreciate hearing that uh <laughs> i you know um I, we're gonna i can tell me and tom we're gonna have a good time tonight i got some questions for him eventually <laughs> on the dog pound segment uh it's gonna be me and tom just kind of going in hard uh on some topics so anyway uh Zach, yeah, no i want to tell rick i want you to i know uh I know I don't want this to drag out too much, but ask Tom about um, he played six DCs this year, including four solo uh, ones. He paired up with, uh, I think his buddy, Michael Aloka for two of them. And he, the four that he did solo, um, he won two of them and including a 16th overall this year, again, very high finished and placed second in, in another one. So really, really good in three of the four of them. Ask him about why the Aloka dragged him down so much in the other two. Boy, uh, Rick, did you did you get all this? This is Bjorn. I can also hear the producer. Um, basically, just ask why his partner, the Ayatollah, um, brought him down. Can you just fucking ask him? I mean, like, look, he can hear you. Uh, you know, just just go ahead, Bjorn. I, I don't get it. Fucking Hi, Tom. How you doing? This is Bjorn. Hey, Bjorn. Uh, I'm sorry, my voice is a little off tonight. Uh, 
I was, uh, it was coach pitch last night and uh, one of the seven-year-olds was getting in my face and we had a little bit of a shouting match. So I'm a little hoarse. Um, So it sounds like you did a lot better on your, um, your individual DCs versus with uh, partnering with the Ayatollah. What, do you not work well with others? Is that the issue? Um, Well, uh, to be fair, Mike and I have uh, worked pretty well in the past together. Uh, Kind of a downward spiral, spiral for the two of us the last two years but uh we're you know we're looking for a big comeback in 2024 partnering together um we're excited about that new champions league or something they got going on i think we're gonna we're gonna test the waters doing that together so that that should be interesting but yeah no mike uh you know we we have uh different views on different players sometimes and we don't get the guys um we both you know like so uh it didn't work out but yeah i had some success on my own without mike um like uh zach said you know finished 16th in the overall it was kind of making a late move there got up to six with like a week and a half to go and thought wow i got a got a chance maybe you know but uh one bad pitching night and it dropped me back down and that was that was it for that that chance but it was a good run uh, Rick, I think this is a good way to segue. He, uh, your guest had mentioned the Champions League. Maybe they want to discuss that a little bit. Uh, yeah, let's just go ahead and let the 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 guests dictate the direction of the fucking show, uh, I guess. <laughs> um, but, Zach, I, I mean, and I don't mean anything, to, you know, to, to you, uh, Tomas. But, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about what this Champions League is all about. I've heard of it before. I know Tottenham's in it and, uh, you know, Manchester city and stuff like that. And some of these soccer teams from around the country, but what, tell us about this champions leg. Uh, who wants it? Me? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, uh, Tom, you brought it up. Yeah. We'll go with you. Sure. Sure. Uh, well, from what I understand, it's a, uh, qualifier competition for, uh, well, I guess you would be playing for 2025 to qualify top 15 teams out of uh, three different types of leagues, uh, you would have to do a DC this year, an online championship, and a main event. And the top 15 teams uh, with that aggregate uh, highest finish out of those three would then make it to the championship round in 2025. And I guess they're going to do an auction with those two, uh, with those top finishers and um, I think you have to be in Vegas to do that draft. That's that's what I heard. That's what I know. Ah, so you got to be in Vegas to actually do it. Okay, well, we'll see. Uh, I'm not usually into things like this. I don't know that it's fair that a bunch of good players are in one leg together. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll you know see what that's all about. Zach, where are we going here next? Um, I think what, I think, what, I think what, Eric might have his name's Eric Albright, not great. Uh, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe ask him uh, how he, oh. he how he if he's going to enter the the Champions Leagues and how, how what are what are his thoughts on it? Does he does he see any uh, drawbacks in how it's set up? Great. What are your thoughts? Excuse me. What are your thoughts on this champions leg? Are there any drawbacks? Uh, are there any draw strength or uh, drawbacks to it? Well, I'm interested by it. I think it's a great idea. I think it's awesome that players can come up with a concept and the NFBC kind of adopt it. Uh, my first thought was, uh, well, oh shit, I got to do an OC, which I don't do. So um, that will be my one OC this year, I'm, I suppose. Um, second, 
Um, I was hoping they would do uh, maybe like a five, if they thought about the possibility of maybe doing a, maybe like a 5% bump on your score. If you do a live event versus online, maybe that would keep people from shying away from doing their, the live event. And then my other thought, and maybe, maybe Zach, the producer knows this or Bjorn, but how are they going to handle co-managers? Cause I do my, I do my main events. I'm going to do three this year, all with David Schaub. And am I allowed to obviously have a co-manage and could we pick the same one if we wanted to do it? I'm not Real sure. quick. And, and I, I, and I hate to change it. So uh, Gray, you're telling me that you can hear Zach. I thought he was just talking to me. Is he coming out? I just know. I just know he's in the in the background. You know, Rick, honestly, Rick, you're doing a really piss poor job so far, not <laughs> navigating this. So I'm just going to chime in. You can over the okay. over, over the loudspeaker here and uh, talk to talk to Eric. Yeah, no. I um, can you hear me? Yeah. What's up, Zach? Okay. So um, apparently, there's no co-managers at all. Okay. You, can't you cannot, can't do you, a co-manager. You no, know, there's no co-managers allowed. We. Uh, Phil, I think, was the one answering some of the questions, or Toby. I forget who it was, but uh, they answer, they 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 seem to be taking the lead on this. Like Phil, Toby, and Rob, and I don't know, at least those three. And um, they said no co-managers at all. And I I sort of asked the question, okay, well, what if you can't? Make, my biggest thing is, what if you can't make Vegas in twenty twenty five to do the do the auction? That's I think it's I like I heard about it when we were in Vegas last year. Toby was telling me about his idea, and I'm, I thought it was awesome as well. Mm -hmm. But I do have my concerns about like what happens. Like one of those people probably are not going to be able to make it there. So like, can you have a proxy? And why is a proxy any different than a co-manager? Right. Yeah. That, well, I didn't know that you can do a co-manager because I'm not going to do any solo main. So I guess I'm out. So oh, you didn't. Yeah. No. They said uh, it's a merit-based competition. I'm not really. That's that was a wording that was used. Yeah. So yeah, no co-managers. And I, I looked. I mean, at, I, I mean, I could see. I could see like not co-managers on all three, but I can, you know what I mean? Like if, if you're doing solo two out of three or something like that, I don't know. I don't, I don't um, know either. I, don't, I have no problem doing the solo. I don't care about, I don't, personally, that doesn't bother me. Um, but yeah. I looked at the numbers. I, I looked at how many people did live events, live events and how many did, and also did an OC and did a DC. And it was like 50 something people. Right. Yeah. And, I didn't do an OC, so I wouldn't be in there. Yeah, you wouldn't be part of that. And I think if you like, even if you included like the people that went to New York that might just change and go to Vegas instead of New York, I think you're like up to like 70 something. And then you got right. people that just, um, that just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, well, the positive is maybe it gets more people to Vegas though. Maybe there's six guys that don't go and now they go. Yeah, for know. sure. And I think people, I think more people are going to go. Like you see people like, uh, like already that are like game to do this, that, that weren't in main events last year. So it's definitely going to, gain yeah. some overall traction for the nfbc and hell why why wouldn't nfbc do this there there's no discount uh given no, i'll be doing more leagues not less yeah so there's, there's no also <laughs> yeah there's no it, discount to be given to doing like a, a main an oc and a dc there's no in yeah. and really the money's just being pooled towards these um league of champions which i guess will have a, a good roi on it because it's um no there won't be no be uh, buying won't be a rate because they, they basically have the money in escrow for, for that period of time. So there's really no downside for NFBC to do this here. Why would, yeah. <laughs> why wouldn't they do it? Um, it's just a matter of like, okay, this is really like, will this be the best players in the world? And again, you're getting, you're going to get some pushback from people saying like, okay, this is just like the, the barriers to entry or the buy-in and um, people that just don't want 12s don't want to do auctions. So 
really like the break-even point for the winner of the Champions League in 2025 to be bigger than a main event win. So you get you get seven grand to win a main event. For that first place to be seven grand or more, you need 47 teams to be in 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 this League of Champions. You think we get more than 47 teams? Probably. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the co-manager thing might be rough, so I'll have to maybe talk to some of those guys about that. But um just because it's not because I who's, who's couldn't stop do it, it without, you, you but do I just it. don't want to. I just don't want to do a main event without my. You know what I mean? We've been doing it for eighteen years or whatever. It's the, so, co- yeah. the co-manager thing is a little. It's a little frustrating to me, and I don't know. Frankly, I think it excludes a few people. Imagine that you're born and you go through the first 25, 30 uh, years of your life as a conjoined twin. And you love fantasy wow. baseball, and you're not allowed to sign up with your conjoined twin because you have two brains. I mean, that would be outrageous. Definitely. Yeah. I, I hopefully, they revisit that and say, you know, if you do two solo, you know, you could you can partner on maybe the main because I would be doing the twelve and the DC, you know, solo. So maybe they'll maybe they'll open that up. If not, I'd probably be out. Why can't you just partner up and just not put his name on the? Well, that's the thing. And if he, you know, is he, how technical are they going to be? If he comes no one's going to know. It's, it's, it's not like um, people that are in this contest don't get help from other people. Like, right. <laughs> like we know people are basically having, cheating. not cheating, but like having answers wow. spoon fed to them anyways. So right. why can't you have a partner? Right. Yeah. So yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll see how it turns out. All right. Um, yeah, so much, so much for uh, Mike and I partnering in that uh, Champions League. But well, I think Bjorn sort of alluded to like you, you guys are sort of like a conjoint. Like you guys are known as the two geniuses. That's how you, that's what you name your team, right? So I don't know. Uh, I don't know it, yeah, indeed. I don't know if there's any uh, conjoined twins in the NFBC. I think I believe Keaton and Arnesons. The, the Arnesons. I think they are Siamese twins, though. I don't know if Bjorn, you can you can confirm that. Yeah, that that is true. Okay. All right, I want to talk about the let's talk about DCs. It's DC season. Um, Rick, you're useless right now, so I'm just going to go ahead and start talking here. I mean, I well, okay, gentlemen. So I, my producer has just told me we're going to go ahead and get into DC season. Uh, I don't know what that means. What, so basically, what are your thoughts on? I think he means Washington DC. What are your thoughts on what's going on in the country right now? We've got this war, okay, and we we we're going to send money. Okay, we've got uh, what? What is it? Uh, Pale Stein and Izzy Ryle, and they're going against each other. And oh, send me money, just like you know Uruguay or uh, uh, the the Ukrains have been doing. What do you think about this DC situation? That's not what I was uh, referring to, Rick. But I'm okay, not going to yeah. stop. Like you're going somewhere. You're going somewhere with this. Well, you know it does. If you had something else, go ahead. But I did want to ask, uh, there is going to be something in the dog pound regarding this topic. So go ahead. Can I, can I continue or do you want to stop for that? This is to... Dr. Dean Karn. Uh, I just, excuse me. I just wanted to let everybody know we are making an effort tonight to make fantasy baseball fun again. And later on, I'm going to have a former maid that I used to employ on the program. That's all I've got for now. Go ahead, Zach. Yeah. 
you want me to, you want to, you want to, you want to keep doing this, Rick? Because I, I wanted to get into the, uh, the draft champions. So like right now that the, the league, the, um, the site just flipped, which means that um, 2024 drafts are completely live. All of the drafts you can sign up for and position eligibility is mainly updated. There are some kinks that they're trying to kinks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, trying to uh, figure out, but um, I used to, what I would do is I would put Maggie's foot. Uh, wow. We'll save that. Go ahead. So, okay, well, you know, Rick, you can you can continue hosting. Well, you were talking maybe, about kinks. No, you t- it, ask the question. Ahead. You can ask the question. So maybe ask like that. The site's now flipped. Now, Zach, Rick and, would and, like you to continue. This okay. is Doctor Dean Carnes. Uh, Rick would like you to go ahead. Rick can speak for himself, Dean. Um, so now ADP is uh, in the draft room before it was in the draft room. So now, like Rick, maybe just refer to all the people that are now going to start signing up for these DCs. Like they're basically like beta drafters. Like they're they're basically like bitch boys that wouldn't like jump in the draft room first, and now they're waiting for the ADP to like show them the way. Right? Maybe ask the, our guests uh, if they agree with uh, the people that haven't drafted yet now just jumping in with the ADP in the draft room. Like that. just don't say the word bitch or beta. Just maybe make it a bit nicer and. um yeah. Uh, when it comes to these beta bitches, you know, the Bubba's, the uh, Bloomfields, the, you know, the, the guys that are hopping in, <laughs> excuse me, the guys that are hopping into these drafts now, uh, what what do you think about people that don't have the balls to draft prior to um, average dick position or um, average uh, draft position being set uh, that, you know, that are waiting in these waters and now just dipping in now. And I'll open that up to them. I'll open that up to the panel. <laughs> maybe Bjorn has anything. If our guests don't have anything to say, Bjorn, maybe you should chime in. Ask Bjorn, Rick. Bjorn? Um, well, I believe the saying is um, lead, follow, or get out of the way. And I, I wish we had more strong leaders, Rick. So okay, Bjorn's saying let's that, go uh, over. the fantasy baseball industry is not full of, uh, it's full of weak, weak individuals? I'd say that's an uh, understatement. Like we could only fill, they only filled like 15 DCs for in a month because, because ADP is not out and baseball is still being played in the World Series, et cetera. Anyways, let's move on. Let's get, let's maybe uh, talk about something that more universal that our guests can answer. Rick, ask them how, um, how they enjoyed the um, first pitch Arizona. Pretty sure they went. Gentlemen, what did you think of this, uh, Paz, this Paz, uh, first pitch Arizona? I guess you boys were there. I don't follow Twitch or anything like that. So I, I have no clue who was there, who is not, who's, you know, bragging about getting an autograph from uh, anybody or anything like that. Uh, so let's go to Gray. Uh, tell me a little bit about this first bitch, Arizona. Um, have have never attended. Uh, did not attend this oh, year. Whoops, this is not going how we thought. Yeah. <laughs> did, um, ask, ask Tom. Can, can only, for, I'm yeah, spending a week in Rick, Vegas this you, year, so I gotta. Can you pivot to I gotta, Tom? I gotta skip that. Eric's not useful for this. Rick. We're gonna pivot over to Tom. Uh, tell us about your first pitch Arizona experience. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, not there either. So uh, I'm not gonna help you out here. But on that prior on that prior topic, uh, I usually don't like to do my first DC till around Thanksgiving. So I'm one of those bitch boys, you know, I'm not necessarily waiting for uh, the ADPs, but I, you know, a little prior to Thanksgiving seems a little early. I did one last year, sucked at it. So uh, 
I'm going to wait this year it's around the same time. Thanksgiving is when I like to start. That makes you normal, Tom. It's okay. <laughs> okay. So I, I, and, and I would follow up, Tom. What do you think? Who is the biggest bitch in fantasy baseball? Since we're <laughs> kind of on this topic, and, and I know you've got a cavalcade of quote-unquote gentlemen uh, to choose from. But, yeah, go ahead and give me your thoughts on who is. Uh, it's It's got to be Mike the Mouth. You know, Whoa, he's okay. He's retiring. I don't know. <laughs> I did not <laughs> did not expect that. Uh well Rick, agree to disagree. I'm yes. Rick, I'd like to comment on first pitch Arizona. Um the only problem I have with um his name is Lucas and um he got an autograph and I want to get in touch with him because uh Lucas got an autograph from one of my stable of studs. I I run uh Bjorn Masterson. Uh instead of all stars, we have all studs. And what I do is I I uh Man, I'm the manager of um, fantasy analysts, and I'm supposed to get my taste. I want my cut. So 10% of whatever they get for their autographs is what I'm supposed to get. And I haven't gotten a check from Mr. Bloomfield in months. And this is outrageous. And I started this um, stable of all studs. Um, you may recall last year I uh, I was selling draft used socks so what I would do is I would draft in different um, socks each draft I'd sign them live and uh, and I sold some on uh, it was actually um, just directly to a man on um, eBay Mr. Mouth I love NYC is his um, username but he bought my socks and then I thought why am I not you know, getting these analysts to sell their um, undergarments, shorts, autographs, things like that. So, um, Lucas, if you're listening, um, I need to know how much you paid for that autograph, and and I need to know why I'm not getting my cut. Um, so, thank you. All right, let's try and uh, let's try and move on from here, Rick. I don't know um, if this is yeah, right, I, but I, I, I these questions I have because the FPAS thing, I, I thought they would have been there. I, okay, man, like, did they have any videos of Kyle Manzardo? Okay, we skip that. Um, do you miss F Paz autographs? Okay, let's just go. Let's talk We're about We're just the gonna Mike have to get by it. Yeah, yeah we'll just, just skip all those skip all those skip those through the notes. Um yeah, the Mike the Mouth. We talked about the Mike the Mike the Mouth guy. Let's uh, he he does these um these fast Mike the Mouth drafts. Um so he like Tom referred to him as the uh, beta bitch because he just sort of cherry picks players to be in his in his draft do you think that's mm -hmm. fair last time if they think it's fair that he just cherry picks which players he's in his draft like he, he gets like the mark Kiefer's who doesn't that don't that only do dcs with mike the mouth pictures of themselves smiling yeah yeah and he's done yeah Kiefer's done two dcs one each the last two years coincidentally both with mike the mouth he gets greg blanket ship in this in huh. this, this new one what's he then yeah what's what's he been up to like he he doesn't do dcs and he how does how does mike the mouth get all these players to agree to be in drafts with him and exclude everyone else it seems like a little beta bitch move to me so i, I, I would say I, so. i've personally spoken to mr mouth and he says that he can personally guarantee that there's some of the hardest men that he's ever encountered um in the in the draft room so i i gotta take him at his word yeah i bet you'd take him i uh, okay boys yeah what do you think of mike the moth strategy of just kind of farming in his own competition and not playing with the big boys yeah i uh, totally disagree uh i have uh oh. yeah i had to i had to encounter a uh quite a tough room uh i just got did one over the weekend it 
we had quite a few uh, good players in there. Um, Mike Major just kills me. Um, he takes the top guy for my queue. He was on the end, so he takes the top guy for my queue, I would guess, 80% of the time. Uh, Dave Chauvin uh, was in there, uh, Fish, um, and then, of course, Come Mike on. the Mouth. A bunch of other one, good ones, too. So, yeah. Okay, well, Zach, you're the one that told me to ask it, and I'm embarrassed now. So, uh, where where are we going to next? Let's talk about let's talk about the DC. So let's let's talk about, let's look at Thomas's uh, DCs first. Uh, he did uh, six of them. Uh, looking at his player shares, Franmil Reyes sticks out at the top there, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, yeah, pl- pass on that, Zach, please. I will. Um, but uh, Corey, I remember we were. I remember I was doing one with you, and I think Eric, uh, me, you, and Tom were all in the same DC um, early in the year. Uh, for 2023 um don't i don't have the results of that offhand but i just know we were all in the same one um i remember i was taking Corey jolks in like the last round of all the drafts and then i'm like and then i don't i didn't think anyone was on them. and then i think you took him like in round 33 and i I think i said in the chat i'm like what the hell are you doing you're taking him like 15 <laughs> rounds ahead of the adp i actually remember that yeah yeah i remember it too remember well so what, what about like he he was like i guess a smart pick because no one thought he was even going to play and he got a lot of playing time, but he just, I don't know. He was, he was useful at times. Um, what, 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 what made you um, sort of go to him in drafts and, and really like you wanted him to have way ahead of ADP. Like this is a guy that you, you needed to have. Yeah. Well, you know, I looked at his minor league track record and then I uh, read some things uh, favorable in the, you know, the Houston press and I thought, yeah, this guy actually, I think he's going to get a chance and play. And uh, I figured if he could do anything close to what he did in the minors, given a chance, um, he could be valuable. And uh, I don't mind jumping those guys up. You know, I think we talked at the time, like to me, in a D.C., anything after round 35, it's it's all negligible. I don't see any difference. So if I like someone like that, I'll jump them up to 35, 36. I'm not, you know, I could wait till 49. Like, I guess you were grabbing them, Zach. But um, after a certain point, you know, there's certain guys that I like late. I'm going to make sure I get them. And that was, that was like you said, that was an early one. So I probably jumped them up a little too high at that point. But, um, yeah, Jokes got some hot air for a little while and he became a, you know, a pretty big um, FAB pickup for a while. But, you know, overall, his numbers weren't great. Are you, are you interested in, uh, in, him, in him this year again? Or he seems to be, have lost all the shine again. Like, he's not he's, yeah. less, he's less interesting this year than he was last year. Yeah, no, nah, um, probably not. But, you know, you'll see how certain things shape up. And uh, um, I'm probably out on Corey. But, uh, you know, if he's around – late again you know i might grab him yeah he was uh i remember i gotta give a shout out to russell withers too he was the third person i was in on him and i was and you were and he was and then like eventually uh for some reason like he started getting talked about on podcasts and stuff like that because people saw he was getting drafted so all the experts were on him after the after the after he's being drafted in all these dcs after months right and then like then he's he actually started moving up in these dcs a little bit um don't want to be jumping ahead too much but you guys see a similar player like he sort of gave me like a a, a dollars garcia vibes from like when he he was like not very sex pig yeah well is is garcia a sex pig 
Look at him. Okay. He's got a body to die for. Okay. Yeah, I, I would let him huh. if Adol if, if Adolis Garcia came up to me and said, I need you to uh do a, a nude painting of me, I would say, Bud, I have no clue how excuse me. I have no clue how to paint. But my God, I'm gonna paint you. That's all I gotta say. So, Eric, Eric, do you, do you see anyone that would fit, like that has that profile? You you've done a DC. Is there anyone that you like? That you, you sort of give you some like someone like a non heralded prospect, like not on those like fancy Eric Cross prospect lists, but someone that's like like Jolks that that you see this year that could could just have an opportunity. Yeah, has, so has a body done like that. I've, yeah, I've only done one DC, so I did, you know, had to do some work for that, obviously, in, in the later rounds. The two guys that, well, I have one non-prospect after after pick 500, but um, the two prospects that I was in, it, that intrigued me a little bit, um, both have opportunities with, could have opportunities with great teams. Uh, one is uh, Houston Waldrop, is a pitcher for Atlanta. Uh, he was a first rounder this year. Um He's already 21 years old um, and he went to the high high minors. If he were to get uh, a spot, which there are some spots available in Atlanta, uh, if he, he's the kind of guy that I could see um, getting talked up and, and he's a really, you know, it helps. He's a really good. Uh, if he, if he were to get, you know, get a spot, maybe he could have a hundred, 120 great innings. Right on Tom. What about you? Um, who's, your, who's your this year's Corey Jolks? Uh, we are going to bleep. It, it, we are going to bleep this out. Well, it's my no. Oh, it's why? my two years ago. Uh, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm back in on DJ Stewart. Give me some DJ. Uh, he he was uh he was a guy who was drafting a few years ago. Like Jolks, not too much fanfare. And uh, I'm I'm sorry I didn't grab him again last year, but uh. Yeah, give give me some DJ. I haven't really um, done my deep dive yet for the uh, for draft season. Like I said, I'm not going to start till like Thanksgiving. So, um, but um, my man DJ comes to mind. I see in your in your share list you you had Justin Steele and Blake Snell on half your teams. So Blake Snell, I, I can understand that, but I like Steele too. But he was going around that I don't know two fifty three hundred uh, ADP mark. Um, what made you believe in Steele? Because I saw him, I looked at him, I liked him, but he had the skills. He just had a really easy schedule to end 2022, I believe. So that gave me some pause. And uh, I know, Eric, you're a Cubs fan, so maybe you'll, you'll chime in after. We'll, we'll give Tom the floor on this right now. But uh, what, what made you really into Steele and Snell? And those were two great picks. Well, Snell, I was, I, I wish I could have gotten him, in, you know, um, Snell playing for the contract. I know a lot of people poo-poo that idea and say, uh, you know, it doesn't work out. You know, it, it, just as many times it doesn't work out. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not sure I agree with that. But anyway, I, you know, Snell playing. I said, here's a guy that's going to, you know, really hone his game. He's going to pitch the whole year. And uh, so that's what made me want Snell. And I... Like I said, I would like to have gotten him in a, a, every uh, league. 
And uh, Steele, I just, I, I liked his profile. I like what I saw. And um, yeah, that's about it, really. I just um, said, here's a younger guy and not too many innings on the arm. And that, that's kind of their profile, uh, you know, I, I like to go for. So Jordan loves younger guys. <laughs> okay. He's there. So Eric, you, you got, you got a, you got, you got some comments on steel, but I think you, you, did you have um, any, any more um, guys that, um, that really late, like jokes? Did you, did you see them? Did you say you had another, another example? Yeah, I had another example. Uh, well, my comments on steel were, I, I got him in a few spots, but as a Cub fan, not enough. I kind of bought into the narrative that you were discussing and did not, didn't uh didn't come through how i should have on on steel shares but um the the second one that I had that we're going late it's another pitcher not a hitter um is kyle hurt uh he is from the dodgers you saw him make a relief appearance late in the year thing i like about him he's already 25 years old um he could be a he could be a sleeper closer he could also be somebody that could convert to the rotation could be wrong on that, but that's what that's the information that I saw. Um, and I picked him up. I, I took it, uh, Phillips in this first draft I did, and I backed him up with Hurt. Um, just just as somebody uh, that I think, uh, and he was amazing. If you saw his relief appearances, um, he's a, you know he's kind of a bulldog kind of guy I like. And again, the age already being twenty five, there's no no limitations. Right, uh, Zach. I know you're really good at uh, grabbing clips, uh, interviews from previous podcasts, and what you might want to do is uh, look back to when you had uh, a special guest on who actually broke the emergence of Justin Steele, uh, Mr. Lenny Melnick. He was all over Justin Steele uh, a long time before the general public. It became a little bit harder and I, I, it was a little bit more challenging for me this year. Oh, and sorry. Also really enjoyable. So I brought, you know, one of my big partners in, is Robert Burshak, who, you know, we, we do, main event together we did gdd together last year um a dynasty league together uh so you know we did a lot of talking ariel cohen ariel cohen you know ariel well, cohen sorry. and i did our that's i'm sorry i was trying to find it i couldn't I that couldn't was me that. hi this uh dean Carn oh. here uh this is dr dean Carn. that was actually myself on a uh a podcast called the rotowire podcast last year okay and what i was trying to do is to try to make fantasy baseball fun again and uh, you know, I hit you know. Go ahead, boys. Actually, I want I got a I got a I got a comment on Justin Steele, and it's a little lesson I learned. I was doing a, I don't know, Eric. You might have been in this auction. Were you in the Were you in the one with Winoker, with me and Winoker, the first? Um, or were you in the one where the guy wanted to fight me? I was not in the no. I was in the Winoker one. The Winoker, yeah. So that draft, I had drafted. Um, Anthony Volpe, and I've auctioned him, and uh, we get in the auctions over. We get into the reserve rounds. Like I was, I had, I had first pick, and Mark had second pick beside me, and um, Justin Steele was still available in that auction. So shame on all of us um, for not auctioning him. Um, sorry, Bjorn, I don't. I said auction. That's okay, right? Um, and I was at that point. I wasn't sure Volpe was going to make the the. The opening day roster it wasn't confirmed confirmed we speculated yes so i potentially had uh, a middle infield spot a slot that i needed to fill and luis garcia from the nationals was available in also 
there, which, and, and I liked him enough. Um, and I go to Mark, I'm like, he's, he goes, he's, he knew, he knew I had first pick. He's like, who are you taking? And I'm like, I'm looking at either Luis Garcia because they need me a middle infielder or, or Justin Steele. And then because I'm like, I'm like Justin Steele to me is the best player available, but um, you probably want him because you're, I don't know. I just, I had a feeling that he wanted, he's like, he, I'm like, I'll tell you who I'm going to take. And then you tell me, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Luis Garcia and um, I won't go back on it. And he goes, thank you very much. I really wanted Justin Steele. At that point, I'm like, I know I've made a big mistake. And I think the lesson there is, um, uh, and the lesson there is um, it's a fab league and you're talking about $1 players. So don't, don't, don't concern yourself so much on exact rosters construction when it comes to sacrificing um, someone that could be a difference maker, I think. Yeah. hundred percent. So, yeah. I don't know if Dean Karn agrees with that lesson, but uh, it's not really a field lesson. It's more of a, you know, it's something that you got to, when you're out there guys and you're kind of experiencing things uh, in these drafts and you see somebody take somebody and then they take somebody else. Then you take somebody and you draft somebody else. You got to take that information home with you. Okay. You got to pry open your third eye. And the way you do that is you're going to take a heavy dose of psilocybin mushroom. And I can see when I look here at uh, Gray Albright, and I look here at uh, Tom Alonia. You boys, you need a heavy dose. And I'm going to give that to you because you look fucked up. Okay. Okay, go ahead, Zach. All right. Um, let's look at um, – how did that Mike DeMilk draft go, the, the fast draft? You happy with your team there? You said it was a tough league. Yeah, it's a tough league. Um, I mean, we did the whole thing in, I think, like 34 hours. That's a pretty so, fast one. Well, you didn't have crazy. me. Didn't yeah, have I started me. off in the in the 11 hole. Uh, I took Judge. I'll probably be taking a lot of Judge if he lasts that long. Um, came back with Albies, Adolis Garcia, and then Hater, Josh Lowe, and then got my first – First pitchers, Grayson Rodriguez and Bradish, and then Tristan Casas. So I was all right with it. Uh, one thing I noticed is uh, not to freak out about speed this year. I, I mean, there's so much speed available in the middle in the middle rounds compared to mo- last year, and that's just because the amount of people that are you know, that stole, stole double digits, 20, 25 plus. Um, so I, I think it's changed the landscape a little bit. Right on. Hey Eric, any any thoughts on where Hater ends up? Uh, I do not. I, I I just assumed that he's going to close no matter what. I I did take him ahead of Edwin, um, which I probably won't do in March if you know, depending on seeing uh, Diaz pitch. But as of right now, I, I went with Hater. I know his skills de- depleted a little bit last year, but uh, he can still he's still one of the few guys you can count on as of now. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, no DC. This, I mean, no uh, WBC this year. So maybe Edwin has a chance of. Uh, right. Out of oh, my God. Make, yeah, it exactly. won't make another boneheaded mistake where he jumps up and down celebrating. You could have seen this coming from a mile away. He's an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. That was lovely. <laughs> so, but I don't back to Justice Steele. Do you see a player like this year that's going around that same time, like the 250 ish 
if I, if I recall the ADP at this point uh, last year, like someone like that, that just like someone that like people just aren't completely sold on. Like people are sold on Tariq Skubal. They're taking him in like round four, like no questions asked. But Justin Steele was still what, like around 20-ish pick. It was Nesky was a guy that was like, you loved, I know. Uh, and people were drafting him ahead of Steele, I believe at some point. Um, you see a player like that that's sitting like in, in a similar spot this year that, um, you know, like was good, but people just aren't sold on. Tom, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. So I, I have a guy that I, I've been taking, it feels like I've been taking it forever, but I know he doesn't, it doesn't compare with Steele as far as just being solid, ending the year strong. But, you know, anybody that watches baseball every day like we do, Seth has the ability to have double digit strikeout games with low, you know, and they have dominant performances. He's the guy I've been waiting on for a long time. I'll probably have a bunch of him again this year, just because when he does get hot and he's healthy, um, he's pretty fantastic. Another guy um, would be, but you've seen what he can do. What was that two years ago? Um, he was fantastic. So that'd be another guy I probably would, we'll, we'll get some shares of at that, at that uh, later point after, you know, after the two fifties. Good. I like those calls. Tom, do you have, did you, have you done enough research to answer this question? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eric kind of stole my thunder there, which, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the one guy I looked at and said, yeah, this is a, uh, this is a guy I can see doing a Justin Steele this year, but I, well, is somewhat intriguing in San Francisco, you know, but I, I think he's already getting some, um, you know, a little play already. So, uh, outside it, well, what, what about this part definitely going beyond, behind the Patreon because you guys are taking all the guys I really, really like and target <laughs> at least five or six of my seven leagues have drafted so far. Yeah. Well, thank you, you all for listening. You should be going higher. Yes. We are moving over to Patreon uh, Patron at this moment. So thank you for uh, listening to the free part. And we are moving over to the Patreon. <laughs> we've, already, we've already moved over, Rick. Oh, Come, welcome we'll, everybody into the uh patron version of the podcast. No, we're just gonna we're just gonna carve out that part and put that behind Patreon, but the rest of it can <laughs> that's a car that's a that's a carve out part. So Zach, I mean, what do you think of Bauer's chances? I I, I know you took a few chances last year. It certainly has to look better this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I took him in the eleventh round of a gladiator. I'm an I'm an idiot. Um, I don't know, man. Like um, he was. I don't know. I don't need to get into the story, but I think that get like, into it, please. <laughs> he was set up in right. this, in this circumstance. I don't know about whatever else happened. There's probably other information, but it seems to I, me. Let's hear your. Th- can I hear your hypothesis? I would like to hear what you think may have happened, Zach. With the situation with, on with, the spot with, with, Rick with, with the situation with Lindsay Hill, like obviously, like you, you seem like if those messages are true, she was clearly trying to set him up, and he, he got screwed over. And um, I'm not saying that he like he acted in a perfect way in all circumstances of that situation, but he was set up. He was fucked over. I don't know how he could have acted any better. <laughs> um, but will, will, will a team want him? Like he, he's still a good pitcher. Um, I don't know if he's as good as he once was, but 
that's not that's not that's not Tom's question. His question is, will he play? Um, because yeah, if, he does, and, uh, if he does, if he does, then he's going to return value at that point. I really don't know, but I think that his range of outcomes is still worth a pick. I mean, um, do you think he comes back? Do you, what, what's his odds of you know being successful? I I think they're pretty good. You know, still being a uh, valuable fantasy pitcher. Mookie Betts think. thinks he's uh, thinks he's uh, someone that should be on a major league team. Uh, Zach, can I jump in here? Um, yes. Yeah, Mookie Betts did come out and say that uh, his experience with Trevor Bauer is that he's a great person and he doesn't have any issues with him. And then I saw a lot of people melting down on Twitter saying things like, Mookie, why? How could you do this? And people are outraged. And what I want to do is um, I want to take a page out of um, Dean Karn's book and make fantasy baseball fun again. I don't think... I don't think that baseball should be about stats on the field and stupid stuff like that. I want to be able to cheer for my team. So I'm going to be the commissioner of what I call morals league baseball. You're not worried about home runs or RBIs. Um, what you're trying to do is uh, draft as many Roberto Clemente Man of the Year award winners as you can. I want to hear about your players uh, donating their times at hospital, food banks, things like that. You can set up your own scoring. Um, you're going to have to be, you know, scouring through newspapers looking for um, their good deeds and things like that. And then you can really draft people you want to cheer for. And um the last thing about this league is there will not be draft rooms. Uh, we will select these players from safe spaces. Um, so morals league baseball uh, coming next year. Thank you, Zach. Sounds fucking I love terrible. it. Fucking terrible. Okay. They, they, uh, <laughs> this is Dr. Dean Karn. And I just want to say, uh, Bjorn, you're a fine young man. I, I, I love this idea. I think that we need to get behind these gentlemen that want to make the game fun again. Okay. They want to go out there and donate their time to the kids. And I've got a, I'll tell you, I, I told you guys earlier, I have a maid. Her name is Agnes. I had to actually ask her to stop doing work for me because she, uh, well, you know, during COVID, uh, she was here and she didn't have a mask on. And I said, Agnes, <laughs> you know, I don't know what the fuck has gotten into you, um, but this is just, you know, not something my family and I can tolerate. Uh, but she, anyway, my, my point is she's a stone cold numbers gal. Okay, she she loves the numbers and she she gets into all that stuff. Me, I'm more like you, Bjorn. So yeah, I, I appreciate this league and I would certainly play in it. But so Agnes is your is your maid, Dean? Or she had been my maid. I had employed her as my maid. Uh, now she has been assisting me with some of my fantasy baseball leagues because again, she is uh, she's into the numbers. She's into the projections. You know me. I'm more of a uh, you know what's this guy's Instagram look like. You know, what, where, what's, where's he donating his time? What charities is he involved in? Uh, has he done the work? Has he gone to ayahuasca? Uh, is he looking at his inner species? Yeah. So is she living with you? She is with uh, Rick and I right now. Yes. Does she want to come on the podcast? And Well, I, and, uh, you're going to ask it. Let me bring her, uh, Aggie. Agnes. Aggie. Come here, sweetie. Uh, Zach wants you on the show. Can she give us like one or two players that she's really been like, um, you know, um, researching? Because she's a she's a numbers gal, right? You're saying hello, hello, 
gentlemen, this is Agnes, and I would be glad to give you a couple of options of players I'm into this So, year. Agnes, you're, you're Dean's maid, or, or now you I had been employed as Dean's maid, but I didn't wear the... It was too tight. You wanted me to wear an N95 COVID mask, and I couldn't breathe. He came, I, he came home from work one day, and I had been passed out on the floor from the fumes. Dino, uh, Dino, had... come on. What are you doing there? What kind of shit you, know, you run? Uh, gentlemen, I, you know, I, I, I do what I can. And it was just my wife and I, we had to make a, you know, we had to cut her off. We had to cut off Agnes for that. So are you, still, are, you still, uh, are you guys still masking up at home right now? It's 2023. Almost. I have a mask on right now. I have a mask on right now, Zach. Shit. All right. Yeah, it's well, one area where we agree or disagree. I will say. I assume Tom has. I want to point out, everybody. I want. I want to let everybody know that a gentleman named Ty France is going to drive line this off season. He's working on his swing, and I believe that he will come back and be a very good player. I like him in the sixth round right now. That's Ty France, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, well, you know, Agnes, uh, what kind of work is he doing on his, uh, you know, his psyche, though? Uh, What are his shock? What's his chakra situation? I don't think that that bears any real you know, looking into or anything. I think we want to see how he's working on his baseball activity. I, yeah, you know, like, I, I think she makes a good point. I, I think her perspective might be more valuable than what you're really looking. You're looking at like, I don't know what you're looking at. You're looking at like, like how you're equating them to struggling actors and, and all this kind of bullshit. I think she's actually doing some legitimate research here, Dean. Well, you know, Zach, you, you say that, but you, you know what? Now, now you're, what you're doing here is you're embarrassing me. And I, you know, I'm somebody who's got a lot of patience. Okay. I do the work on myself. Uh, I'm Dr. Dean Karn. Okay. Um, hold on. Agnes, come here. Aggie, come here, man. Uh, gentlemen, one, one moment, please. What the fuck did I tell you about, about challenging me on the air? That is not something you're going to do again, goddammit. No. Gentlemen, I need to continue with the podcast. I need to excuse myself. Okay. Uh, Agnes, are you still there? You, like that, 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 that Ty France thing. I, I heard about that. It's got, it's very interesting that you've, um, you've honed in on that. Do you have any other examples of uh, players that are you know, trying some, maybe some new pitches or anything like that? Have you boys, that? Uh, boys, uh, Dr. Karn and, and, and Agnes have, well, I'll just say they're not in this room anymore. Okay. Let's move on. So last year, um, Take an example. Take for example, Hunter Green. It didn't work out with him because he didn't uh, perform well. However, he was a player that was going in the eighth or ninth round uh, in early drafts. He he got a lot of helium. Sometimes maybe up to the fourth or fifth, fifth or sixth round last year. Not necessarily looking at the skills, but just having a feel for the market. I know Eric, you've played a long time. Tom, you've been in a lot of leagues. Just having a feel for the market, like. A gut feel, sort of like a Dean Carr type gut feel. Uh, who's a player that's going in that range this year that you think can move up two or three rounds? Yeah, I'll go. Uh, three guys that I can see that are going uh, with your parameters that could that could rise up to four or five, six. I have three written down. One, if Tanner Scott were to have the closing role, which could happen, could not. If it's if it's 
if it's confirmed that he's got the role, he's going to be pretty high in March. Um, I know some another one, Cole Reagan's. One. Another one's Cole Reagan's. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna rise if you you know if he pitches well and is healthy. And then Evan Carter would be the third one. Those are good ones. I know somebody that's gonna love slash hate your Tanner Scott one, but I won't mention his name. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom, do you got any names? Well, uh, no, I actually, uh, it's going to hurt me to say this name, but you know, Buxton, where he's going right now in the early ADP, if he shows any health in the spring, he, he's going to move up. I, I don't know. He's right around what, 260 now? I'm not sure if I have yeah, that right. Yeah, that sound, sounds about right. You know, um, he, he's, he's, he's going to move up. Should he move up? I don't know with his uh, health history, but if he looks good in the spring, he, he's going to move up in those big drafts for sure. And, and he, he'll move he's a up. UT boy, though, only. I, I don't think it matters. He's going to move up considerably from that from that spot. You're not um, going to touch him at 260 if he shows any health in the in the uh, spring. Always is. You got any other names? Um. Well, along those same lines, I think Tyler O'Neill fits into that bucket. I think O'Neill probably gets traded from mm -hmm. uh, St. Louis. And um, if he looks like he's going to get a shot somewhere else, he's he's going to move up too. I mean, these guys are, you know, going pretty late right now. And um, they're, they're, they're going to move up if um, things break their way later in the uh, spring. I know Bjorn loves Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, he's, um, like Rick said, he's uh, chiseled out of some sort of incredible stone that I would not mind looking at. Um, but uh, what you want to know, Zach, uh, from a doctor's perspective, is you don't want players um, that are ingesting any sort of helium. What you're looking for is anabolic steroids. So you want players that are taking steroids, not helium. Uh, you can tell that by their muscle mass increase, uh, usually 20 to 30 pounds in an off season. Okay. You notice My anyone God. that's uh, juicing? Uh, Tyler O'Neill is bigger than ever. All yeah, of that's them? That's all he's going to say on it. Yep. 100%. Tyler O'Neill. Okay. Hey, Zach. Also if, be dead. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. Zach, uh, I mean, what are you, your thoughts? You think Buxton stays healthy or you think he's not got a fucking a, chance? That's, not a chance. Okay. No right. chance so you're. Buxton. I'm not saying that he's not a, I'm not saying that he's a bad pick there because he is going pretty late, but I, like there's almost zero chance he plays more than 120 games, like almost like zero. Um, I don't know. Um, but in a DC, you've seen overall winners like yourself. I think did you? I think you had Buxton on that team, right? Or am I wrong? I, yeah, I think uh, well, you had a Kuna, right? That they, they got. I had a Kuna. Uh, yep. Yeah. You had a I bunch had a of. I think you had Buxton. I'm not sure, but I, I remember looking at him like, man, like I think these DCs and gladiators, like, like health is overrated because. I don't know. It just it just seems like like these teams ha have a lot of players that are injured. I think you had Jazz or Buxton, a bunch of guys that just like big important players that were good for parts of seasons. Right. Yeah. So, I think in a DC like Buxton, like you're you're hoping he gets outfield eligibility, but um, I don't mind it where he's going. 
But I, yeah, no, if he's, I agree, if he's healthy heading into the spring, like people are going to pay up for him. I don't think he stays healthy, but right. uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you there, but I, I think, but I think he, he could should, be, if he could still be worth it. Yeah. How about Eloy? He seems to be going. And now you're just picking on all the U, UT boys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just want to get a feel of what, you know, J. 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 Eloy's going a little bit later than, um, he has certainly been the last couple of years and uh, understandably so. Um, yeah. I'm not touching Eloy. Um, because... I, I took Eloy. I took Eloy in the MTM draft. Guess what round I got him? 14. 15, 15.11. That's late. Wow. That's late. But I'm, I'm going to play the game with the, the utility only guys. Um, first of all, if I draft Otani, I can't really draft Eloy um, or JD Martinez, but JD Martinez and, um, Buxton are going after Eloy. So I'm like, uh, am I going to take Eloy and like he's hanging around in round 14? Am I going to really take him? And then like, what if, what, what if like Buxton falls to round 20 and then I've taken Eloy in round 14? I'm like, am I just uh, going to be pissed off at that time? Or even if JD Martinez falls to round 18 or something like that, like it's sort of like playing U- UT boy chicken. Yeah. Tea boy chicken. Yeah. But I don't know. Um I'm I haven't I haven't taken Eloy yet. Eli, it's a good it's a good price on him. But. Yeah, I mean his per per plate, he's all right. Um he's at the right age. Uh I won't have a lot of him this year, but fifteenth round seems a little late. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely consider him at that point. I'm in, in doing the DCs, I'm retired. I'm not doing any more DCs, but like if I was doing a lot of them, um and just, I, I tend to take the the value based approach. If I, as long as it doesn't kill my construction, like if I see a player hanging out at his max pick, I'm probably going to be interested. Like right. with Eloy, yeah. Eloy at that point, I'd I'd be interested at that point. That's a really late, but yeah, it's because Mike DeMelt is cherry picks all these idiots to be in his draft, and you're, you have like, <laughs> and what he does. Which, no, I'll tell you what he does. <laughs> he, he just cherry he cherry picks like six or seven like completely like, complete guys who don't know what they're doing, and then he takes and he and he. He finesses it by taking guys like Mike Major and yourself and like Fish. He needs like three or four people to be in drafts so he can just copy their picks in subsequent drafts. So he's using the good players to copy their picks. And then he takes like seven or eight pick eight players who just like completely like torch the draft and make it just like a joke. And then it and then he and he can say, Oh, well, this draft is all the good players. And he and he cites off like your name and Mike Major and et cetera, right? And then it just serves, it completely serves his purpose, but he still never wins. No comment, sir. <laughs> but that's just that's just that's just that's just how it works. I'm just calling it how it works. It's, it's okay. Um, and um, yeah, and and um, you could just cherry pick it like that. So, who's a player? Who's a hitter? You think just underappreciated? Um, last year, you saw Yandy Diaz, Bryson Stott, Hassan Kim, and Isaac Paredes go like I'm. I'm thinking like two fifty. To say that Ty France is probably not being valued right right now, Zach, because he's going to drive line this off season. Well, Agnes, I I I, I knew that how you felt about Ty France, but yeah, you you made it back here. Did, did you have anything else you wanted to add? I did. I, I was asking. You you have interrupted this segment with, I guess, a legitimate answer, Agnes, um, but. While you're here, do you have anything else you want to talk about? missing. You need to look at the advanced metrics. And my favorite one, 
that everybody's missing this offseason is... What the hell are you doing? Didn't I tell you to stay down there? Get down there! But I... Now! Boys, I, was, uh, I was really interested to hear what Agnes was going to say. I don't know that we're going to. Um, Dean sounds off. Dean, well, Dr. Karn's having a night. Uh, Zach, go ahead with your question. Yeah, like um, like those guys, maybe it seems, it seems obvious in hindsight, hindsight's 2020, that those players are good players and they're going a lot higher this year. But is there anyone last, last year? It's sort of like the blinding flash of the obvious. I'm like, Are we just like all missing the boat on certain hitters, like going past pick 200 or 250? Tom, you got anyone? Oh, well, yeah, I, you know, um, I, I think so. Maybe a guy that um kind of missing the boat on a little if he, you know, keeps improving with his uh, cuts, cutting down on strikeouts. You know, he's shown some speed this year. You know, hitting fourth. But, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I think maybe guys are overlooking. Uh... Yeah, no, I agree. That's a, that's a good that's a good call. Eric, you got anyone? Yeah, good one. Uh, I had a I had a couple. Um, seems to be going a little later than he should. I know he's been a nightmare the last couple of years, but um, he's at two eighty nine ADP. As of now, they've got a projected batting third. Who knows? Um, but he he might be a good bounce back candidate. Uh, the other one that I have is going 362, and that's 23 years old. Got him got him batting fifth or sixth. I can see him making a big jump uh, at his age. Did Mager snipe you on him? I don't think so. Okay, because I think he he I got think, me. A I think he's guy. I've been in maybe one or two drafts with him. It seems like a, a guy that Mager's been taking. Zach, I haven't seen the ADP, but uh, I would think that that's another guy. Um, yeah, that's a good one too. So you didn't look at the ADP that I sent you today? Is no, that, I did, that... but I I don't, I don't remember seeing Lux on there. Uh, I think he's I'm sure he's on there. I think he's around. I know who took him? Uh, I know Fish took him. Let me look. Uh, he went. Uh, what twenty dot nine? Yep. I, I think there's a good chance. Like, yeah, you, you can't predict the future. You don't know what's going to happen with him. But I think there's a good chance that he's undervalued because he missed all of last year. And just in general, people are stupid and just forget things. Huh. Yeah, he's so a I guy. Think, he, he's a guy, um, you know, when it got to about the 18th round, I'm like, oh, man, I completely forgot. <laughs> forgot about him. Yeah. All How right. about another guy that possibly intrigues me as a, as a bounce back? Any of you guys like him? That is ADP right now. Yes, I do. Yeah, I mean, I'm a guy, but it's early in the season. I might come around. Who, who do you take, Rogers or uh, Jeff McNeil? Five rounds. Probably, <laughs> probably McNeil. Okay, interesting. Uh, where's Where's McNeil going? I, I haven't taken him, but I just I just assumed that he was going a lot earlier. Yeah, he's. I, I'm pretty sure he's going four or five rounds early. Uh, like I, had, I don't know if I understood. I misunderstood the question. I like the. I like the, the value. On yeah, I took Mauricio at eighteen five. So obviously, I'm not a. Uh, 
big believer in the other guy. I, I like that pick, Eric. I was just going to uh, actually bring up Mauricio. Um, yeah, Mc, McNeil went – thank you. McNeil went 22-12. 12. Okay. That seems that seems fair. I got a guy, but I'm not gonna say it. I'll tell I'll, I'll text you. I got I'm, I got uh, two guys. I'll tell you guys later, bro. <laughs> Fuck them all, right? Right, Rick? Are we on the patron version now? What are what are we uh you know? I think you're Rick, safe. Rick Zach. asked them if they heard of the the uh, account Bobby Big Cox and why it only lasted for like five three days. Did you guys see the Bobby Big Cox account? I did not. Mike Curlin's account? Big Cox. No, I didn't see it either. You wanna you wanna look at it right now? While while we pull it while we pull it up. No, we we don't wanna we wanna we don't wanna do that. Or do we? (laughs) Maybe Bjorn, are you into equal pay for men and women? Christ. Yes, I am into equal pay for men and women. And I was actually just looking at that. Um, and what I struggle with are these, you know, what it comes down to is women are really, really um, getting a lot of the opportunities and a lot of the salaries in the sports gambling industry. I looked at these these uh, empty vessels, these pretty faces that these sites hire. And um, I don't even think some of the times, I don't think they're writing their own material. Uh, Like this bet on Madison, this Madison Rust that people were going crazy about this summer. I'm looking at her videos and they have millions of views. And and then I see my friend, Frank, am I wrong? And he's putting out a lot of good content. And I, I feel like Frank and other people like David, they, they don't get the recognition they deserve because they don't have a pair of, um, um, large breasts so I don't know if they they should consider surgery or something like that but that that might be one way for them to go so yeah I, I believe in equal pay for sure Shit, that reminds me Rick we forgot to do it at the top of the podcast forgot to do what we forgot to ask them their pronouns oh I'm not doing that shit but I do have some listen I have some thoughts on equal pay okay Everybody's getting paid equally already. Here's what it is, ladies and gentlemen. Regardless of any stupid numbers you look at, men take jobs that pay more and are more dangerous. Men are also more likely to ask for a raise. We see this in the data. And also women take breaks from work because guess what? They have fucking babies. Okay, that means they have to take a break from work to have the baby. Maybe they take a pay cut at the time. There is no wage gap. Anyway, go ahead, Zach. (laughs) Um. What were you saying? I was just, I, you didn't want to ask the question I wanted to ask. So we, maybe we'll just go on to um, players going after pick 500. So you saw Volpe was going after pick 500 early last year, like around this time last year. And then he started moving up a lot. Uh, Joan Duran, maybe not a, as good of an example. I don't think he moved up a lot, but he did. I don't think he moved up like within the top 300 picks, but he did move up a lot. Basically, we're looking for a player that, that could catch hype. Um, like, um, Probably a prospect, but it could be someone else with news. Like, do you got anyone there? Like, did you just you're just looking at the you're, you're in the DC now. I know Eric, you've done it, Tom. You're not you're not in these drafts yet, but I'm I'm seeing guys like after 500. Like, dude, like this is a guy. Like, I think he should be like 200 picks higher. But I'm not. I'm sort of playing the game. You got anyone like that? Well, I, I kind of already answered 
yeah, you uh, did. on the late guys that I liked, the Houston Waldrop and the Kyle Hurd. Another guy would be if like Gregory Santos got the closer job with the White Sox, which as of today would be probable. Um, he's going past 500, which is obviously going to get corrected. But yeah, I, I didn't see anybody other than those really those three guys. What about Danny Jimenez on the Oakland A's? Nah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Tom, you got anyone? Um, not not anybody that's gonna uh, you know, uh, Rami Gonzalez. I kind of like a little bit, but you know, he's gonna be a late pick, but he's not never gonna light anything on fire. But I think uh, he's a player that I'll I'll target later. And uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm Tyler Molly. I'm not even sure where he's going, but no, I'm not sure how his health looks. But I think he's gonna. Uh, he's probably forgotten right now. Yeah, I just I don't know. He's he's gonna be back like halfway through at best, right? Is that right, Tommy John? No, I don't think no, Molly. Tyler Molly. Yeah, right. <laughs> I guess I got to host this show. Zach can't even remember what player we're talking about. All right. Um, Molly's going 688, so I'm assuming he's not a full year guy. No, he's not. I think he, I think he did get surgery, so I don't I don't think he's back until at least halfway yeah. through. Right. Um, you guys look at like the 80th, 90th percentile shit. Like I I'll, I'll look at it. It's interesting and I posted it, but I think it's pretty fucking useless. Like like minimum like i know i might you might think that i think it's cool but i think it's like very minimally helpful um what about you guys so let's talk about it well yeah, I, I don't that... use it, i don't use it a ton i mean I, I like to know where it's at in the trends um but i mean you don't have to give me the data to know that you need more steals you know what i mean um yeah. but i'm not a huge projection guy um so you know, I'm not sitting there counting stats at the draft table. I kind of go on drafting so much that I kind of have that stuff on my head. <laughs> so I, I you know, it, it is helpful just to see the trends, but after I know the trend, that's kind of the end of it. A couple things point uh, sort of stuck out to me. Like, are you doing any gladiators this year, Eric? Uh, I just bought, well, I spent about 6,200 on the site an hour after <laughs> went live. So <laughs> I bought uh, all my packages, but, um, uh, I, I bought a nine pack, so I'll, I'm at least doing nine. Nice. So what I did notice is like the in the gladiators, the, the, these percentiles, 80th and 90th, had a bigger emphasis on ratios and saves. So it's I think the ratio is just because gladiators DCs, you can't use fab. So generally your bad players are blowing up your ratios, bad batting average just to like sort of supplement other stats. So I think it logically makes sense. That's what it is. So I think if you're, when you're drafting gladiators, you should probably consider that. The other thing I noticed is like, as you get down to like the 50th percentile or lower than like the lower stakes league or like it, it matters. So that the stakes matter. So like the, the bottom of your bottom of these leagues stop trying. And uh, one of the things that really stuck into me, if you Somebody said, somebody told me you need to look at the 50th percentile for competitiveness. If you look at the 80th and 90th percentile, you're not going to see how competitive a league is because just it's going to be relatively the same near the top. But one thing that did stick out to me, and I didn't look at the TGFBI in comparison, but after they said that, I just looked at it as a barometer. 
their counting stats, like runs, home runs, RBIs, stolen bases, strikeouts, wins, all that stuff. If you go down to the 20th percentile, it's actually worse than DCs. So um, the TGFBI counting stat categories, forget about the ratios because no one's doing fab anyway, so the ratios are kind of higher. Um, that fab league is actually worse off at the 20th percentile. So like the bottom fifth of that league is worse than is worse than teams that don't even have access to fab in DCs. Does that surprise you? No, well, I think I listen to every one of your podcasts and without a TG FBI, um, you beating up on them in a podcast, what, what would we be doing? So, uh, no, I don't, I don't know, really know anything about it. So not shocking, not shocking to me, I guess, is the answer. Tom, you wanted to say something? Yeah, no, I, I was just surprised that actually how well uh, the DCs held up against the uh, fab leagues as far as 80th and 90th percentile in those categories. I mean, they're all pretty close. Yeah. And I think it, I think in the pitching, um, the DCs held up really well, which is a bit that was a bit of a surprise for me. Um, well, you can't, it's harder to blow up your ratios in the DCs. Right, but the saves, I think DCs yeah. were, were were better slightly than those other leagues. Yeah, that's pretty and, shocking. And uh, the wins were right there, so you know, um, you, everybody, you know, just assumes these uh, fab leagues are so much better, and the stats you're going to get it. I don't know. The, I think these DCs held up pretty well. Well, you know what? I, the, the saves. I don't know if that surprises me too much because in a DC. Pretty much everyone is drafted that might get a save. Like you're really scraping at the bottom of the barrel. Maybe last year, like you had your Carlos Hernandez and Gregory Santos, who were kind of surprises, obviously not drafted on all the DCs. But you have like you're getting most of them. And the other thing with DCs is you, you get to put them in your lineup a week early because you you don't have fab. So you're getting those saves that um because in a in a in a main event, you got to identify who's gonna get the saves and then pick them up and then time to start right. Where the DC, you only have to do the last part. Yeah, so. that's a, that's an excellent point. Yeah, so yeah, so you might you might get the first week of a you know the prospect on Sunday, you get a notice that X is going to start on Monday or is going to be the closer, and you get to start in front of you know entire week before he goes in the pool. Yeah, so that's a, that's a great point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, although I remember when Bryce Miller got brought up, he had a nice two start week, I think. Uh, but anyways, I was I, I had Bryce Miller in my lineups in the DCs this year, and I had to wait and mostly not get him in, in the fab leagues. But yeah, that's about it. Um, let's, we talked about, you said you're not a projections guy. And I know we're, we're running a little bit long here, but um, we got Jeopardy coming up too. I looked at the steamer just came out. I looked at a couple projections. Um, one thing I want to ask right away is that Ellie De La Cruz, he's projected for 245 batting average, 21 home runs, 29 stolen bases. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'd be happy with the 245. I'd be content with 21. He's going to steal a lot more bases than that. Unless he gets hurt. You're taking the over? Tom, what do you think about that? I'm taking the uh, over as well. Uh, he, I know he's your type of player, Tom. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, um, O'Neal Cruz, probably that same kind of player. And... Uh, not sure what was Zach. What's his ADP right now? Who O'Neill Cruz? Yeah, 
sixth, seventh round, sixth, seventh round, sometimes, sometimes fifth. Right. Okay. Who you pay up for? You pay up for Ellie or wait for O'Neill? Yeah, it's like, why draft Ellie when you can get O'Neill Cruz or Jazz Chisholm? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I've taken Ellie, but um, I don't know if I – I just felt he was overdrafted. But um, looking at the projection, I'll give you three other guys. So I did some filters just – and I'm not a projection guy at all, but I like I'm not I'm not a 50th – I'm not an 80th percentile guy. I'm not a projection guy really at all compared to a lot of other people. But I, I will look at it as like sort of a gut check on things. Um, filtered steamer, and I know it's going to change. It's very preliminary. They got mistakes in there right now already. But um, uh, I'll, I filtered 2020, 2020 guys, players that are going 2020. And you can see they're all going top rounds. One guy – then there's one guy that stuck out, Zach Yella. He's going a lot later than the rest of them. Any thoughts on that, Gela? I'm totally intrigued by him. So uh, that's one of the that's one of the Mike Major picks that he got me on. Um, that was at the top of my queue. But um, you know, obviously the negatives are the bad team, right? Yeah. Um, so the run the runs and RBIs are going to be suppressed. But when you're getting him at that point in the draft, you probably are, are, are not needing the runs and RBIs if you select him. So it, I think this year more than any other year is going to be more, uh, I think experienced drafters are going to be better just because of putting the puzzle together. And mm. I think that because of there's more speed and there's more stuff later, you know, because, you know, a guy like Nico Horner, you know, who could be a horrendous fit for your team when he comes up, or he might be the absolute savior, you know? So it, it, it's going to be a, a puzzle piece kind of thing this year, which intrigues me. I love it. So why, I think why that, do you, why do you think, and I knew you are an experienced drafter and this is, if I was listening to a podcast, this is the part I would be honing in on you. Sometimes usually you're lucky if you get one little tidbit in a podcast, it is really useful. I think this might be it. And Tom, you can chime in too. Why do you think this year the puzzle is for like, eight-year-olds whereas last year it might be a puzzle that said three years old, three years old and plus like you know what i mean like why, why is the why is the puzzle a little bit more challenging this year i think because of the speed aspect so you know you heard a lot of people with rightfully you know that would say last year i need to get my speed early i mean you've heard that over and over and over and this year from what i'm seeing on the adp and the way that for my i've only done one draft so i might be I might not be correct on this. You've but seen the ADP though. You've seen the, you've seen Yeah, ADP. I've seen the ADP. I haven't studied it, but I've seen the ADP. But I mean, man, you can get, I mean, just for an example, you know, Horner 72, uh, Kim 76, um, Josh Lowe 77, Stott 107, Lane Thomas 108, Geloff 137. You know, if you're, if you're lacking, let's say you want to get two starters, you want to get a closer, and then you've got Jordan Alvarez and Devers. And, you, you know, you could pepper two of these guys in a row, I realize you need more speed, but you know, you pepper two of these guys in, in the mid rounds, you're right back to close to where you need to be without, you know, and I just don't remember a year where you've, it's been not, you know, you don't haven't had to panic about speed so early. That's a good point. And um, yeah, like um, this year, this past year, you could you could really fuck it up as well. Like I thought, and I I thought like Luis Arias was a great pick, and I also saw Esther Ruiz. You love you loved Ruiz too, 
Yeah, had a ton but, of Ruiz. But it could really crush you getting both of those players on the same team. And I've seen teams already this year take both of those players on the same team. Like, yeah. that's almost unrecoverable, in my opinion. Right. I think Quan Quan was in that kind of basket last year, too, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. You know. So I think, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think it's um, the margin for error, I think, is steeper this year. It feels. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I was going to say, like, I, especially in a fab league, um, that's where I, I, I sort of paused there and I lost my train of thought. But I, th- I was going to say, um, especially in a fab league, I think what you're saying is even rings truer because you can almost get there with speed. But in those in those highly competitive leagues, like getting those counting stats are so important. And uh, you can really build yourself a base there because those runs, RBIs, and um, homers get way more bang for your buck climbing from the 80th to 90th percentile than you do for stolen bases and stolen bases. You can, you can, you can band-aid it like with potentially one player, but again, yeah, I think high, I think high average guys will probably get a bump this year. Um, you know, that do other things, not, you know, not a rise, but, um, you know, like the Corey Seegers and the, you know, I think, I think those guys are going to get a really good bump that, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Freddie Freeman ended up six, seven overall, yeah. Um, just because of the bankable, the, the bankable, um, uh, batting average. 20 so stole, I, 20 stolen, 20 stolen bases, 20 stolen bases too. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 did awesome. I, I took him in the, the 5k MTM, which was brilliant. And then I, uh, on the, on the uh, turn and then paired him with Mike Trout. So I pretty much took away everything of my, uh, my positive pick. Speaking so. of county stats, another, that was the first, I'm going to go through three filters that I did on these steamer just real quick. I just filtered 80, 80, 80 runs, eight, uh, 80 RBIs. And I think I did, a, I did some sort of filter with batting average. So it couldn't be like a super bad batting average. Maybe I did 260, 270. I forget. doesn't matter. They all really highly drafted players. One guy that stuck out was Ketel Marte. Thank you. They yep. have a high, good batting average. No, like 90 something runs, 80 something RBIs. Yeah. Could, like decent steals. Like, that's a guy that just like I'm not gonna I'm not a projections guy, but just looking at it as a gut check like, makes you think like maybe he's going a bit too late. Yeah, I've always been a Cattell Marte guy. So I had him during his breakout season. And once you have that, you're <laughs> you're kind of tied to him. So um he he's a is he again, he's gonna be a, a puzzle piece, right? Don't need a ton of speed at that point. You need average, you need counting stats. What a perfect fit he is. So you can always worry about him being hurt, but going into last year, multiple quotes from him saying I'm healthy for the first time and his teammates saying, watch out. And uh, I had him on a ton of teams late. Yeah. Well, one more, and then we've got to get to Rick here. Rick's got a, Rick's got a segment that he needs to get to, but we'll go through one more projection filter. This time I filtered it 15 home runs, 20 stolen bases. So you got guys that fall into this category, like Anthony Volpe and you got a bunch of other highly drafted players and and in this case, you, you you got to players that were outside of the top 180p. And I'm looking at Volpe, and I'm also looking way, way down this list, and I'm looking at Brenton Doyle, who's projected at basically um, the same like stats as Volpe. And uh, I'm, I'm looking at him like Horsefield, and excellent defender. One of the things that like overlooked, like he's like I'm like looking, he's batting 200. Why are they keeping the lineup? He's not, he's not coming out of the lineup. He's a great defender. 
Right. Um, so I don't know. That's just one of the things that stuck out. Any thoughts on that, guys? Go ahead, Tom. No, I, I have nothing to add to that. I, uh, yeah, I think that's um, Brenton Doyle. I just saw a pretty good player just drag uh, draft him to DC that Mike's in. So, and I thought it was a you know crafty pick when he got him. But I have nothing to add as far as um, what Zach said there. Yeah, I mean, you've got some positive with him. One, one, he's twenty-five, which that's an age I love. Um, two, he's in the he's in a ballpark. Obviously, that's uh, that's pretty good in Colorado. Um, downside is he's batting. You know, they got a projected batting ninth, but um, you know, he'd be a guy again that you could fit uh, later in drafts uh, if you were uh, way under on speed. He would be a, he'd be a great add. He's going to pick like fucking five hundred. Isn't that like just like an automatic profit in these DCs? Yeah, that'll that'll, yeah. Be, that'll <laughs> yeah. go up. Like that's just like it's it's kind of ridiculous. I don't know why it's. I, I haven't taken him either. It's just like I'm falling into the same trap. Anyways, well, that's your, the like, best. That's the best part of of projections when they come out is just seeing guys that you know. Even if it just it's two, three, four guys that catch your eye. And, and, and it just gets you to look into them more. I think that's the best thing about projections. Well, I think it just, for me, it just sort of like put the alarm bells off of like, this guy's not coming out of the lineup. And I just something I never thought of. Like I, I, I they have other guys there that are, have more upside maybe, but I'm like, this well, guy it helps that they're terrible. Yes. They're terrible. And he's kind of terrible himself. Right. But anyways, Rick, what's going on there? And Rick's got to go by eight. I don't know what you guys got to do. But uh, yes, we, got Jeff, I, we got Jeopardy before we go, and uh, we might have to skip the uh, Mining the News segment. Well, I just wanted to say, um, yes, let's try to do Jeopardy right after what I'm about to do here. If we could, anyway, now you can do whatever you want, but uh, that, I, I got to go because we got an issue here concerning Dean. Uh, I, I can't get into details with what's going on, but it, it's happening tonight. Uh, the, okay, what? this is a little segment that <laughs> I just can't. Gentlemen. Uh, I, I've been tweeting about it. So if you want to follow along with the live events, I, you can you can do that. But this is called Riffin with, with Rick. And this, these questions are for uh, 2-Bit Tommy here. Tom? Yes. Just some light, just some light fun topics here. Uh, we're just going to kind of do a quick whip around. Rick, please uh, don't let, do anything to what? you. We don't, we don't want to get too political or anything like that, please. We're not going to get political at all. Number one, let's talk insurrection. Okay, this is a word coined up, uh, you know, by the the woke agenda, the you know the far left. This thing that happened on January sixth a couple of years ago at the the the, the White House or Capitol or whatever, these were just boys being boys. Okay, uh, just a couple of guys horsing around, not a big deal, and everybody blows up and calls it you know, this uh, erection or in in uh, insurrection word. Boys will be boys, right? Is that kind of where you're at on this? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, actually, I think Zach should start an insurrection, Rick, and get you on the, uh, you know, the, the DC podcast with Mike. I, you know, I, yeah. Mike's reluctant to have uh, someone of your talent on there. So I think Zach's got a, you know, little insurrection there. Get get you and Bjorn on board. Could I, um, I agree. Should I, should I just hold out? Should I do a boycott and not come back until he gets Rick and Bjorn on? I, I think, think so. Rick, yeah. I think yeah, yeah I, I can do that. That's for the people, man. Yeah. I think Rick and Bjorn, you know, gotta gotta storm the studio. 
<laughs> well, he's definitely opening up his guests. He had uh, Mr. Zola on recently, which was a wildly entertaining episode. I thought so myself. Um, let's topic number two. Uh, uh, Palestine, uh, Palestine versus is another light one here. Palestine versus Israel. Uh, who's your dog in this fight? Who, who are you rooting for? Uh, no dog, no dog in that fight. Uh, peace, root for peace. Well, I don't, you know, that's not the right answer to some people, but uh, <laughs> Zach, we might have to open that one up to you as the resident Jew here. Uh, maybe see what, you, what you're thinking. But one one more that I do have uh, for Tommy here. Uh, quite simply, uh, Donald Trump, would you? Uh, you? You'll have to repeat that question. Well, I, I, would you? Uh, it, it's a common way of asking, you know, would you... I'm not referring to sex, but what I, I, you know, that is a common thing that people say. Uh, (laughs) When they say, would you, I'm actually just kind of referring to a men's movie night. Would you enjoy maybe like a lethal weapon three, some Buffalo wings, uh, a couple of brewskis with the Trumpster? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What movie would you watch? I don't know. That's a good one. Uh... May I suggest Home Alone 2? He's in that movie. (laughs) You know, I don't think that would really fit, but he is in that movie, yes. You know, you got Lethal Weapon 3, you've got, uh, uh, you know... Hard Target, uh, Time Cop. um, Passion of the Christ. um, Under Siege. Mad Max. You know, there's a lot of different ways you could go here. I would go with Lethal Weapon 3. Um, Yeah, and then maybe a snack. Uh, What snack would you be having with Donald? Hmm. Well, Donald doesn't drink, so it might it might be boring. He's not a drinker, from what I understand. So, uh, McDonald's cheeseburgers, che- cheeseburgers, okay. yeah, yeah. He's... <laughs> I've been known to pound a couple of White Castles, so uh, definitely a good choice. This has been riffing with Rick with Tommy <laughs> Two Tones. Zach, back to you. All right, you want to start Jeopardy, uh, Rick? Let's do it. All right. Rick, how do I share my screen? There we go. Okay. Go ahead and share it. There you go. So we got uh, four categories tonight. Most of them have uh, $500 or $1,000 questions. Uh, One of them actually has six questions just because uh, I I had six questions for this. There was uh, a a lot of material. So the first, the first, uh, the first uh, topic is uh, let's make fantasy baseball fun again, and that has six different questions. So five hundred, all the way up to three thousand in uh, five hundred dollar increments. The next one is FPAS participants, and the next one is Mike the Melt Fast DCs, and the last one is League of Champions. So we are going to give control of the board to, and everyone can just chime in or whatever to Tom. Tom's going to get first choice here. All right, Zach, I'll go with the League of Champions for 500, please. Okay, so we're going to take away there. So League of Champions. Um, these are those who think they can just buy the title of best in the world. So these are questions about New York Mets. Get it? Because it's just a high dollar buy-in, and then you're just proclaiming yourself as best in the world because you can spend $3,000. Get it? Okay, that's, that's, the, that's the topic. So for $500, this player had a 1.22 whip but a 1.15 whip since May 1st. And again, we're talking about 
Mets. Uh, how do you buzz in again? Just doing what you're doing. Uh, I'll buzz in. Go ahead. David Peterson. Wrong. You're minus 500. Yikes. Anyone else? Oh, man. No one? Pitcher on the Mets. 1.22 for the season and 1.15. And, and let me remind you, you can cheat. You, you, you are connected to Zooms. <laughs> I'm assuming you can connect to fan graphs too. No cheating. No cheating, man. No cheating. Uh, I'm awful at this. You think. You can, you can all pass and you don't want to risk losing the 500. Uh, it's um, uh, Kodai Senga. Jorn, you are correct. That one point. Ooh, good one. Every, good everyone's, one. Everyone says, Hideki. Hideki. Yeah. Everyone says, like, oh, he's he's uh, he's a whip issue. But since May 1st, 1.15. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. All right. Um, Bjorn, you have control of the board. Big boy. Uh, League of Champions for a thousand. So, same question. These are those who think they can just, they can just buy the title of best in the world. So, New York Mets. This player is projected. 15 stolen, 15 home runs, 30 stolen bases, and is going post 200 in DCs. Starling Marte? Correct. You think he's undervalued? Uh, like 240? Pro- probably, yeah. Yeah. It's just, I think it's the, it's the, it's like the, you got a pretty low floor. That's a thing. So you got a thousand points right. for that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I, I wouldn't touch him in, like, a gladiator, but, you know, or a, probably a best ball. But in a fab league, I'd probably be all over him at this ADP. Right on. Uh, gentlemen, I have to step away for a moment. I What is, what is going on? I, I, I'll be back. Okay. Well, you won't be accumulating any points if you go away, but that's okay. <laughs> um, Eric, uh, you got control of the word here. All right, let's do uh, – let's make fantasy baseball fun again for 500. Okay, so let's make fantasy baseball fun again for 500. These are players that um, Ian Kahn was on uh, – he was on for the 2023 season in the Rotowire podcast, and I'm going to give you a little quote that he said about them, and I'll give you his stats. So he goes, outfield, third base, went first base. They came out and said he's a starting third baseman for the Kansas City Royals. He is really bad. And the Kansas City, and he went two home runs, two stolen bases, and batted 183 with a 32% K rate. So again, Ian Conn, he goes, outfield, third base, first base. They came in and said he is the th- starting third oh, base. that's Dozier. You are right. And he said he's really bad, but he wants him on all the teams. He wanted him on all, all of his teams. So um, <laughs> that's another 500 for Eric. You got yeah, he, he, definitely fell off, he definitely fell off the cliff. Is he even relevant to talk about? <laughs> not this year all right so you got control here all right i'll do the same for a thousand please okay so let's make fantasy baseball fun again these are players that Ian con was all over in preseason now this is what he said he was verging on a really bad player with mike trout as a base of my team it pretty much balances him out though i had him on like every team this player went 11 and one with a 30 percent k rate 
11 and one with a 30% K rate. He he's he was verging on a real bad player. But with Mike Trout of the base on every team, this pretty much balances his player out. 11 home runs, one stolen base, a 30% K rate. He was all over this player. Didn't like him the year before because of his music video. 11, say it again, 11 what? 11 home runs, one stolen base. 30% strikeout rate. And he was an angel? No, no, no. He had Mike Trout on all of his fantasy teams. Oh. Balanced out this player. So, not an angel. Hmm. I don't know this one. Yeah, I got to pass, Zach. Don't know. Okay, this is the Dion Mancata. Oh. So, no points there. So, Eric, you got control of the board still. All right. Same category, 15. Okay. Again, he had him everywhere. And again, Mike Trout balanced out this player. This player went 21 home runs, one stolen base with a 43% strikeout rate and hit 177. Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo. Yeah, right? yeah Tom, you got that? Yep. Yeah, he got go. it. 1500 for Tommy. Tommy two-tone. You got uh, you got control of the board here. Uh let's switch it up and go to MTM Fast DCs. 500. 500, okay. So, this topic is players who excel against poor competition. <laughs> so, so for 500, this player had a 1.25 ERA over his final six starts, which were against the New York Yankees, Chicago White Sox twice, LA Angels without Mike Trout, Oakland, and Kansas City, and is now a top 75 overall pick in 2024. Oh, boy. Yeah, oh, boy. Top 75. Uh... Grayson Rodriguez? That is not correct. Hmm. Negative two. That's gonna hurt. That's oh, that's negative five hundred. It doesn't hurt that bad. Any other guesses? Scooble. Who said Scooble? Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought you. I thought you guessed. Uh, I thought you already guessed. Oh, you. I didn't know you could only do oh. one guess. Okay, well, just cancel the note. So you got no. You got you got negative, but you also got positive. So that's you got you got it. Scooble, and you also got control of the board here. I apologize for breaking the rules, Zachary. <laughs> I said you could cheat, so I guess it's my fault. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, do the uh, uh, MTM thousand. All right. Again, these are. Hey, players... Can I participate in the get cards down there now? <laughs> yeah, Agnes can play, man. I don't. I don't. Agnes can play. She can. She can chime in. Get down there. <laughs> All right, so these are players who excel against poor competition um, for 1,000. This player went 14 home runs and 16 stolen bases in 300 plate appearances in AAA, and he hit 268. But he only had two home runs and four stolen bases in 191 plate appearances in the major leagues and hit 191. So let me repeat that. In AAA, he had 14 homers, 16 stolen bases, hit 268. In the majors... Two home runs, four stolen bases, hit 191 in about two-thirds of the plate appearances. 
you give us a position? He will be third base eligible at heading into next year. Hmm. Jordan Westberg? Incorrect. Negative 1,000. Mm. Any other guesses? You got the right division. Uh, I think Agnes would like to guess Ty France. (laughs) 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 Agnes, Agnes, do you want to guess Ty France? I've I've already said it's a third baseman, so that'd be wrong. Do you want to guess it anyways? Guess not. Tom, you got to get any guesses here? Uh, no, I don't. All right, I'm just going to say it. It's Anthony, no, it's not Anthony, Oswaldo Peraza. Oh, I was going to my next guess. I had oh, it. Yep. Oh, well, so, uh, Eric, I think you still got control. All right. We'll do, uh, I guess, well, I don't know what the heck FPAS participants is, but let's try that. For 500. Five, 500. Okay. So this is, let me look who wrote these categories. These are people that are just too old to be there. <laughs> Jeez. So, um, yeah, so just people that are too old. Like, it's like, come on, enough already. Like, you're too old for this, right? Um, okay, so for 500. This player hit 202 last year, but Rob Silver believes he's worth taking the season for the Blue Jays to bring him to bring him there. 202 for the Blue Jays? No, no. He hit 202 last year, but Rob Silver believes he's worth – tanking the Blue Jays season to bring him over to Toronto next year. Oh. Tanking. What would tanking have to do with free agency? Oh, so you probably didn't see that tweet. No, I did not. He he ran a poll saying, would you um, rather have the Blue Jays win 90 games without Joey Votto or have them win 75 games with Joey Votto? Uh, Wait, Joey Votto went to the Blue Jays? No, not yet. Oh, ah, okay. You think it's going to happen, though? I don't know. He did um, grow up near Toronto. I'd like to buzz in uh, Joey Votto. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Bjorn. Um, yeah, you got. Yeah, that's it. So, do you think Joey Votto is like worth anything? Like, he's going real late. Um, like, is he worth a pick? And no, probably not. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll take him late in the DC, Zach. Sure. You think he? You think he plays again? He's a free free agent right now. You think there's a chance he retires? Like I've made that mistake. Well, no, I I made that mistake, but I've seen people make the mistake of drafting Ryan Braun the year that he basically never played again. So yeah. I think um, people are gun shy about that. But if he is, if he does play, I don't know what to expect from him. But Tom, where would you? think is a fair point for him to go in DCs. Yeah, after 500, sure. After 500, okay. Yeah. All right, so Bjorn, you have control of the board. Nice nice uh, get on that Votto question. Uh F F Paz 1000. Okay. So again, this category is uh people that are just too old to be there. Okay. <laughs> this Atlanta Braves pitcher went in the 4th round of an S- of an F Paz draft. Uh, Chuck, 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 Mar- uh, Mar- uh, Morosi. Charlie Morton. <laughs> Charlie Morton. Yeah, yeah, Tom got it. Is that what you meant, Rick? 
Chuck Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie Morton. That's what I said. <laughs> okay, we'll give we'll give you give you guys both a thousand points for that. I, I know you. I know what you Perfect. meant, Rick. Um, so he did go in the fourth round of a uh, first pitch Arizona DC for real money. I saw the board. Um, now, what do you think about that? <laughs> no comment. No comment. The the Braves picked up his option for twenty million, so they they believe in him. Yep. His value's up. All right, uh, let's go on. Who has got control here? Tom, you got control, or, or Rick? Either I'm going to go uh, with. Let's make fantasy baseball fun again. And I, you know, uh, he's doing some weird stuff right now. But let's go with uh, that for two thousand. Okay. So the quote about this player from the podcast was: "This player was verging on a Hall of Fame career." Now, his stats were. Sissy and Conigan, uh, Zach. Yeah. Okay. So he, a quote from the podcast, this player was verging on a Hall of Fame career. But now it's me saying to you that he hit 152 with a 26.5% K rate and uh, had 13 home runs and no stolen bases. 152? Yeah, he hit 152. He ended up, this, give him some credit. This was before the season started that he said that he's verging on a Hall of Fame career. So let's not, let's not shit on him too much, but. Um. Yeah, he did end up. He did end up hitting 152. I didn't. I didn't even know somebody hit 152. I don't know if it qualified, but it was substantial amount of at bats. Like it's pretty, pretty bad. I think he almost has like some record for like all of his hits being home runs. Like a like a ridiculous amount of his hits were home runs. Mm. Nah, nothing coming to me. I don't know, man. I don't know that anyone, one. Anyone? Researchers. No. JD Lamag, uh, Lamagu. Well, Rick, you're really good. But Josh Donaldson. Oof. Oh. Oof. Yeah, yeah I'd another already. Guy, another, guy, another guy he was really pumping up on that podcast. It was a lot of. Mike Trout. Anyways, um, we got two more categories. Rick, what are we what are we doing? Twenty five hundred or three thousand? Yeah, uh, me. Yeah, it is still me. Uh, let's go with the three thousand. Okay. Now, Rick, I want you to remember the answer you just gave. Okay. Yes. Okay. Now, here's what Ian said: If he hits three fifteen with 85 to 90 runs and hit 12 home runs, and you got him in the 19th round. You got a problem with that? Aaron Boone said, he, I like him hitting leadoff every day. He is a really good player. I have him on every team. He DJ LeMayu. Josh Donaldson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. DJ. He, is, it jo- yeah. is it Josh? He ended, he ended up hitting 243 with 55 runs over a, a lot of plate appearances. So he was pretty fucking bad. So who got that question? Did it? Tom, Tom got in first. Okay, that that's a big one. That was three thousand points. Jesus. All right, last yeah. question here. This is twenty five hundred points. So, Rick, you didn't remember what you just said, did you? Um, I so, guess not. I. <laughs> okay. gonna do? So here, here's here's the quote, and then I'll tell you his stats. The quote is, "Now, this was just a feel. There's a story here. It's like he's on the Donaldson tipping point. You're a joke, bro. You suck." You get 185 million, and let me finish here. You got you got your planter Franchi going, and if I'm him and I'm a performer like I am an actor, 
and you and you do a bad scene, you're going to want to come back and be extra focused on your next show. This is him. This is the player I want on all my teams. This player ended up hitting 10 home runs with no stolen bases and hit 233. You know, this Ian Con guy kind of reminds me of Dean a little bit. Um, hmm. Let's see, who could this be? I thought it was pretty obvious. Um, anyone going to buzz in here? Anthony Rendon. Wrong, Bjorn. That's negative 2,500. That takes you way into the negatives. Damn it. Ah. No shithead. Well, uh, let's read it again. This is just a feel. There's a story here. It's like he's on the Donaldson tipping point. You're a joke, bro. You suck. You get $185 million in your contract. You got your planter Franchi going. Planter Franchi. Planter whatever. I know who it is. It is uh, Colorado Rockies. It is Bryant Christopher. Uh Oh. Uh, Rick. So you came back with 1,000 point and 2,500 points. That gets you to 3,500. Bjorn, you're way negative. Eric, you are at 500. Tommy, you're at, well, you are at 4,000, 5,000. So we got a winner, Tommy. Tommy wins Jeopardy. There's my boy. (laughs) You, me, and Trump having a night on the town. Can't wait. You got it, Rick. All right, well. so good. I don't know. Do we want to call it now? I got to get out of here, boys. I'm going to go, you know, if you want, I can do my own little rap and I'll leave. And then okay. you can kind of, you know, talk about. We can, we can decide whether or not we want to stay on. Okay. So you do your rap. You got you, anything else you need to do, Rick? I, well, yes. I need to get down to my basement and figure out what the hell is going on because I hear some, sh- some shriekings and some screams. And uh, I, I'm going to have to update you boys with what's going on next week. But this has been Rick Poundstone. Uh, it's been a pleasure uh, being here with all of you tonight. And I just, you know, I do want to say, that we're in a serious place in the world right now. We got a lot of things going on. We got people sad. We got people happy. We got people losing their mind because they're, you know, they're mentally ill and they're taking too many drugs and stuff like that. And all I want to say is there is no fix for it. We're fucked. That's all. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and head out here, gentlemen. Uh, have a great time and I'll catch all again soon. And I thanks, love you, Tom. I, was I wasn't expecting that, but thanks very much. Rick's going to see himself out. Thanks, Rick. All right, boys, we got the option to just wrap it now, or we did have some quotes um, that we're going to look at from last year to see what was useful. Um, Actually, I just see the one sticking out about Chris Bryant. This is from uh, Bud Black, his manager. He's doing much better. He's healthy. He's progressing through the offseason at a normal pace, which is great. He's in in contact with our trainers and doctors. We expect he's a full go in the spring. Well, I guess he kind of was, but it's hard to trust these, um, these quotes heading into next year. Anyone? We're just wrapping this up, I think. I don't think a manager is ever going to come out and say something negative about a player. I think it's um, a fellow doctor, uh, Dr. Run DMC, that says, you know, you really can't trust what these people say. You got to, you know, wait till you see him on the field. Look at another one. Aaron Boone said at the winter meetings, we have a lot of talent here. Deep, It goes deep. But a Peraza, he said, he's ready for that opportunity. He's earned the opportunity to compete for more of a role. That didn't really happen. Yeah, yeah, those are the kind of quotes that get you in trouble, right? Yep. Buy into that. Here's one that got me into trouble. 
This is a quote about Quinn Priestier. He's a guy that I took in a lot of DCs. His uh, director of player development uh, on the Pirates said this, if anyone has a chance to be an Alcantara type pitcher, he has all the makeup components of that. And when you see someone that that young can go and spin a breaking ball like he can, manipulate the ball in and out of the strike zone like he can this year, it's a lot to dream on for sure. That was Quinn Priestier. So I'm like, I got him in like 30 or not, like 20 of my 30 DCs because of quotes like that bullshit. What was the quote on Vaughn Grissom? Um, was there one? Maybe not. Yeah, uh, yeah, there it is. Uh, Brian Snicker said, um, he will feel, says he will feel good if he does enter spring training with Arcia and Grissom as his shortstop options. We're going to be fine. Snicker said, we'll use the sum of our parts to make it happen. Wasn't really true. I like that Sanga one. Yeah, there's another, there's another one. Yeah, there's another one. Uh, can you, can you see my screen still? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's another one from Spawn Grissom, Ron, Ron Washington. I've been working with Ron Vaughn for the last three, three weeks. And the thing that impressed me is the consistency of his application. The fact that I've been able to spend seven straight days with him, it makes a difference. I've always preached consistency. And the main thing I want him to take away is the mental side. Sounds like another guy we know. I have no issues with the physical side. Von Grissom says it's been game changing working with Washington. That was a bunch of crap. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, game-changing, all right? <laughs> game-changing if you drafted him. Who's this? <laughs> oh, Kyle Harrison. His his pens have been electric, Gabe Kapler said. He's throwing hard. There's real physical presence here. You know what? There's another quote on him, too. Um, man, that, kid, that man, that kid doesn't need my help, Webb said. It was uh, Logan Webb. He's a stud. And then another one from Gabe Kapler. Um, I think it, I think it sounds very simple, but it's just fastball quality. With Kyle, it's pretty explosive. The slider is developing pitch, one that is effective, one that he's always going to have, and to be uh, one that he is always going to have to land in the zone for a strike to keep hitters off his fastball. I think his number one secondary weapon. Um, so yeah, a lot of good things to to say about Kyle Harrison. I think there was another one too. Anyways, they said there was a quote saying that they think he could contribute really early. So I, that was another guy that I was really in on Kyle Harrison in the DCs, but he didn't come up for a lot longer than we thought. So it really didn't help me as much as I suspected. Um, I'm just yeah, looking I had a bunch of shares too. What are we looking at here? Um, Do we have any, uh, Zach, you have any Mervis? I know there was a lot of, Matt Mervis. Let's see, Matt Mervis. Talk. No, I don't think I have any quotes from Mervis here. I know there was a quote on uh, Josh Naylor playing outfield. Never happened. Okay, so here's a Nolan Jones quote from Bud Black back in January of last year. Nolan's in the mix of guys. He can play a little third. He can play a little outfield. He can play some first. So there's some versatility there. He's got some power. Like all those guys, there's some things he's got to clean up, but he's got talent. So that's sort of like a very wishy-washy that doesn't make you think that he liked him too much and then he ended up coming up and being a stud here's one here's a zach Galif one from from september of 2022 and i didn't draft him at all this is um from billy owens the assistant gm 
Zach Geloff is a dude to the millionth degree. He has real talent that will translate at the top level in numerous ways. Well, there you go. Correct. Um, let's look at Depo you know, you know what always had good quotes is Depoto. Uh, uh, Bouchard, uh, Sean Bouchard, he was a guy I kind of was in on early, but he got hurt. Yeah, he lost his season basically. Here's one. This is in, this is in, this is in January of 2023, and about Brian Wu it's from Depoto, and. Uh, Brian Wu wasn't drafted in a single DC last year, not one. Wow. Um, he goes, the one player that was asked uh, for player, uh, the one player that was the most asked for in player trades was Brian Wu. If there is a player that people don't realize how good they are, it's Brian. We drafted him recovering from TJ, but once he came back, we had to a mid to upper 90s fastball with elite command and really and really ride the fastball at the top of the zone with backspin. He's an above average secondaries and his changeup leaps off leaps off the board. It's stunning to see the pitch mix and polish for someone that hasn't pitched that much. So, man, like, why didn't I listen to that? Well, why did I listen to the Quinn Priestier thing, but not that? I guess because there's just so many chefs in that kitchen in Seattle, right? So right. maybe that's a that's something that that's a point in the favor of draft talent. Um, anyone else that we want to look at here? Like, I think Depot is a good guy to, that he he has some good nuggets. Um, who do we have here? Sedane Raffaella, he ended up coming up. Uh, so who's talking? Brian Abraham, director of player development. He's got a chance to play winter ball down in Puerto Rico, working on his approach at Red Sox, player director of player development. His ability to swing consistently at pitches in the strike zone is something that is a big focus of his. He has power. He drives the ball to all fields despite his size. But being able to do that consistently with the balls in the strike zone, it seems to be repetitive at times with a lot of younger players. But there, but that is really a huge difference maker for what makes big leader, big big league, big leaguers, big leaguers. So, sort of ambiguous quote there on him. J.P. Crawford, he ended up being a good pick this year. I think it's important, and we all need to, to get our players to understand how important it is. Scott Service said this: J.P. is one of them. He's a grinder and wants to play every day. I think what we're seeing is he could be really productive offensively if he consistently gets consistently gets days <laughs> off. So that was, that wasn't the case. They were talking about platooning. And remember, remember, um, um, Dylan Moore was going to platoon with with um, with Wong and uh, Crawford. Crawford ended up being every everyday player. So that that quote was not a good one to look at, right? That sort of would turn you off from Crawford. JP Crawford went to drive line, so that's a point in Agnes's favor. Yeah. yeah, I think I wish Agnes friends. was going for that one. Yeah, I wish I talked to Agnes last year. She would have been all over J.P. Crawford. Um, look at the new pitches that were – this might be funny. Who should we stop on here that I had here? Gregory Santos. Sinker. So this is um, – who said this? Cats on the, on the White Sox. Yes, it's upper 90s. But the fastball metrics and how it played and how it cut and how it moved, remembering that from San Francisco and thinking – that we can switch th th that to a sinker or leverage more of a cutter at some point would probably be the course of action for him. He actually tapped into that slightly at the end of the season last year, switching his four seam to a two seam with that slider. I think we have a really good parent. I was the only one in the NFBC to draft Gregory Santos in DCs last year. I had nine shares of him because, nice. of, that, because of that quote. <laughs> Did it really help me that much? Not really. 
Well, he had, I mean, he had how many saves in the first like three weeks when he. Yeah, it was somewhat helpful. And then he went to shit. Yeah, let's look. Anyone else here with the new pitches? We had uh, Drew Verhagen with a four seam last year, Greg Santos, Joe Ryan slider. Um, that put me onto him. Lance Lynn had his slider, Brian Bello curveball, Mitch Keller slider, Clark Schmidt cutter. Um, that put me onto him, but it never translated. But someone that we can think of for next year, Jameson Tyon. This is another one, the sweeper. Like, I'm just looking at him. And uh, I don't want to read that whole quote. It's a long quote, but fuck. Like, I had a ton of Jamison Tyon, and I think uh, you liked him too, Eric. That was, the, yeah, was that new sweeper. Like, you got to be careful here because just because a new pitch happens, like, doesn't mean it's going to be like amazing. Yeah, he was a huge disappointment. Yeah, he was. I had I had him on like every big team. If I didn't draft him, I probably wouldn't have made a lot more money last year. Yeah, I didn't have any in the big money March leagues, but I had a lot before that. Like because I outbid I outbid you in the auction. Correct. Oh, here's one Justin Steele. Change up. Justin Steele has the potential to miss more bats as he continues to grow as a pitcher. He said the development of the changeup was a big focus this winter, and he set personal goals of making 30 plus starts and logging 180 innings. That's what he did. That who said that? That was um doesn't say who said that, but um Sahadev Sharma. Yeah, that's the, the uh, reported that's, reported it. That's the reporter. Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert had the splitter. Andrew Painter, he died, but he had the cutter that was working on it. Ian Anderson, he's a guy that I think you said you were interested in last last podcast. We talked about that, Eric. He had the slider, but then he ended up getting hurt. And Scott Barlow had the two seam fastball. So Tom, any do you, do you, do you, Tom, do you look at like new pitches in the offseason? Do you, you look for stuff like this? Um no, not particularly, no. Not not new pitches, no. no. But, uh, new news like this, yeah. I, I I scour, and if if it happens to be about a new pitch, I'll certainly look at it. But I'm not particularly looking at um, new new pitches, no. 